Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. Yo, you having sex? I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. What up, fuckers? How you doing? Where you been? You drink enough water? Where you seatbelt? Welcome to another episode. Guys, we fucked. It's the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Welcome to the show. If you want to send us an email, it's sorry about last night's show at gmail.com. And make sure to grab your tickets to our last Guys We Fucked live show in New York City of 2023. It is December 1st, 9.30 p.m. at the Midnight Theater. It's ticket link is in our bio. Uh, and you can also buy a live stream ticket if you're not in New York City. If, that, uh, if you want to save in money, if you want to have a viewing party. There's a million reasons. You don't have to give us the reason on the live stream ticket application. No, All you, you have to do it. is just put your credit card number in. Yeah. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Capitalism, baby. And we comedy. got it. But the live shows are really, really fun. And obviously it's like the most fun to be there, but yeah. you can't be there. Being on your computer is close enough. Uh, today's subject line from our fucker mail says, cheating wife and autistic son and another baby on the way. Sounds fun. Mm. Hi, guys. First off, big fan of the show and have been listening for years. Luckily, I've never had a reason to write in before, but that all changed a few months ago and I could use an unbiased third party's opinion on my very complicated situation. Let's go. I mean, oh, I have bias, but just not knowing you personally. Yeah. I'm a 33-year-old man from Australia, and I live with my wife and our five-year-old son who has autism. This already adds a level of complication to our lives as he doesn't sleep much, has a very limited diet, and is still in nappies. That's diapers. That diapers? Oh, okay. That's diapers for those of you who uh, don't speak Australian. Uh, meh. All of this coupled with multiple therapies and the extra cost of having a child with special needs makes for a very high level of stress. My wife works full-time, and I gave up work in 2020 to care full-time for our son. Nice. A few months ago, oh, I had I a feeling that. something was going on with one of her coworkers. So I snuck a look at her phone and sure enough, Whoa. there were text messages and nude photos alongside of photos of our oh. son. Wow. Men get that intuition too. That's good to know. Yeah. The messages went back to 2020 and it broke me. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on and even felt sorry for this man as his wife had been unwell and recently had open heart oh, surgery. no, dude. He is a lot older than my wife and has grown children. Prior to finding out, my wife and I found out we were expecting another baby. Oh, no. And while she ensures me it was never sexual, of course, it makes me wonder about paternity of this child because oh. it lines up perfectly and I'm pretty sure I'm the father, but it still eats at me daily. Oh, God. Well, I mean, just get a paternity test. Then. Yeah. I think you're allowed to. You she get was that. cheating on you. Yeah, that's fair. She told me she ended it by di I discovered text messages twice more after that. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, like any relationship, when this, once they say it's over, like, is it really over? Yeah, you got to double check. You got to double check. All I feel is deep hurt and I can't understand how could she should she want such an old, overweight, awful man wow. who cheats on his sick wife over the man who has been with her for over 10 years. That's a fair question. Who has been there through all of the hard times, the death of her mother, the diagnosis of our son, a man who has always been faithful and present through everything. Damn. It feels like a kick in the teeth and makes me feel like I have no value in this world. I'm really struggling, but just trying to focus on myself and my son. I don't know what the future holds and I don't feel safe and secure like I once did. She is now withholding all affection. Well, that's, oh, that's abusive. What? Oh, that's emotional abuse. Yeah. And I won't talk about it and I feel very alone. She won't fucking talk. Any advice is appreciated. I have attached photos so you can put a face to the email. 
Okay. Nice. I, I don't know. Like, oh, I wanted a picture you, of her. Yeah. Damn oh, your son is cute as hell. You, if I had to guess, I would guess you were from Australia. I don't, I've never thought like, what does an Australian guy look like? Yeah. But I would say you. And I, I never thought it. that until I saw your photo. You I very believe Australian. it. Well, um, yeah. Gorgeous I mean, eyes. So first of all, about like why she would want that other, other guy over you. Like what I'll say is like, I've literally never broken up with someone and then, or been dumped by someone or any, whatever, you know, whatever way it happened and had them move on to someone who I was like, that person's better than me. And it's not just because I'm me. It's literally because they weren't. Um, and I just want to put that out there into the world. <laughs> not better looking, didn't have more money, not smarter, not more interesting, not funnier. None yeah. of the things. And you that's- You date Corinne and then you date down after that. Pretty much across the board, 100% across the board, I'll say. Um, so you can't, and, and listen, it boggles my mind too, sir. I don't understand. Most times when someone, it's it's a reflection of how the person feels about themselves. It has yeah. nothing to do with you. And so the cheating on top of the cheating down, you know, is because oh. that's a reflection about how the person feels about themselves. It doesn't matter. You could do all the things in the world. Sometimes it could be because your wife feels like she's, maybe she's not giving enough. She feels like you're home with the autistic son and she's out doing something maybe like meaningless and she lost purpose in her life. And so she's like, I don't even deserve this guy. I'm going to go fuck this fat boss that I have. Like that could be, that could be the- Wow, women do that too. Because men do do that. Of course. They feel like they don't have a role in the relationship. Exactly. It's just like, or he was giving her attention and maybe maybe you thought you were being present and, you know, and not to blame this on you, but just maybe maybe a lot of times when people have kids and especially I would imagine a kid with special needs, the dynamic in the household shifts, right? And so now- both parents are worrying about the kid more than they're worrying about each other. And that deeply affects people in a relationship. So it's like, it could be any number of things. Like, don't be like, Oh, it's, 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 when people are cheating, it's very rarely like that they got someone better. It's like they got a, it's like a bag of Doritos over like a fine, you know, it's like a seven course meal. It's not better. It's just like scratching whatever itch that they have. Yeah, and that's it's, all it is. And it's weird. The Esther Perel's book, uh, "The State of Affairs," is a really interesting um, examination into cheating and all of the parties involved, including the the spouse that gets cheated on. And it's one of the it's one of the weirdest things because it's not personal, even though it feels uh, that it's only personal. Sure, even though it's not like Corinne said, it has everything to do with how your wife feels about herself. The withholding affection after she fucked up, like she should be putting a lot of energy and effort into getting back into your good graces to rebuild the trust. I definitely think you should get a paternity test on the, on the kid uh, for sure. I think that'll give you some peace of mind. And I think that's a very fair thing to ask. Your wife doesn't sound like the way she's behaving to you right now makes me sound like she might be reactive with this question, but you should a hundred percent ask for one. You have every right to, that's a very fair question. It's also like, I hate, it's awkward to even bring this up, but like, I don't think it should be because I like to talk about abortion nonstop, but like, it's like, what, did you have a discussion about why you're going forward with this pregnancy? I know it's, it's very rare to get an abortion after you've already like had a child together. I know that's like, it, like statistically it must drop so much and you're mm. already married, but it's like, why, why are you not, doing that? doesn't sound like a great time. Yeah. And, and being, bringing a child into the world in like turmoil between the parents. Yeah. I mean, if you, you whatever your choice is, it'll be fine. Of but course. It's more, it's more, definitely it's more not that I'm, we're saying like, oh, get an abortion. It's more just like, did you have a conversation about like, are you just going ahead with it? Because like you already have a kid and that's like what you feel like you're going to do. Like yeah. how far along is she? Have you considered? 
I don't know. I mean, people really don't like me when I like I when I bring up a topic like that. But hey, you wrote us. I mean, it's um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't hurt to consider it. It just feels a little bit uh, odd timing, especially if you're like kind of like even questioning the paternity to begin with. It doesn't seem like there's any trust there, and it seems like maybe you should. Who knows how this is going? This marriage is going to end up going. Like maybe you could go and and find someone who's going to treat you nicely. Yeah. I don't, I'm not surprised that she's withholding affection because she feels bad about herself. Right. Like I've had exes who like, they're not showing up in the relationship and I'm like, kind of like, and it makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. And then I'm like, Oh wait, no, you're not. Yeah. You're the one who's doing something wrong. And then you're like, you're like punishing me as if I did something wrong, even though I'm actually trying, like I'm working overtime to try and heal this when you're just pulling away from me. You know, that's like a very common, it almost seems like maybe perhaps she has like a bit of masculine energy in the relationship. And that could be the fact that, you know, you're a stay home dad, which is like, um, less common. Right. So it could have changed the, uh, gender dynamics in the relationship a little bit. And which I'm used to because I'm usually the masculine, uh, really, uh, uh, energy in a relationship, even though I try not to be, it's just, you know, how it is. Um, so she's kind of acting in a lot of like typically, uh, male ways, which as you can see, sir, are not good. Yeah. They're not great. It's so funny. I was just on scrolling on Instagram before we recorded. There's this woman. I'm not, I forget her name. It doesn't matter. Um, she's like a podcaster therapist. She's like a hot, she's a hot chick mm. who gives controversial advice. Um, Is she's, it the Asian woman or the, she's not Asian, but she's with, some, I don't think she's white, she, yeah, but she's beautiful. Yeah, and I she's like 40, is. maybe yeah. like that's how I'd group her. Yeah. But she was saying like, um, men, a woman will never respect a man for forgiving her for che- like if the woman cheats and the husband forgives, she will never respect the man again. Mm, and I'm that's like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, ah, okay. So then what do you do? Then you just automatically divorce when the woman cheats. Oh, like yeah. how, where do you go from there? I guess. Um, so. yeah. So I'm sorry that happened. That sucks. And I hope that, uh, I hope she is in therapy. Doesn't sound like she is. Cause she resorted to things that are like, let's blow up the marriage instead of like working on things. But um, you deserve more, sir. And that fucking blows. Yeah, uh, don't feel like you have to stay just because no. you share a child. Oh, it sounds yeah. like you should just get custody and then she could just go off on her merry way, honestly. Yeah. I know you need money, though. So that's true. What well, are you hopefully, do about Australia that? is a little bit nicer to people in situations where if like one parent's the caretaker and you get a divorce, I don't know. We'll have you ever thought about monetizing your autistic child through a series of reels on Instagram? Oh yeah, that happens a lot. Right? There's, there's this pa- these parents that daddy and son. Yeah, there's this one account that's like, um, I think the guy's name is Jacob. I'm like, what are you gonna draw? And he's like, yes, mommy. Like he has like a, you know, he calls his parents mommy and daddy. It's really sweet. And then, uh, and then he draws something, but it does feel a little like those people on YouTube that like surprise a homeless person with a car, but then they have a camera in the homeless person's face. And I'm like, something's kind of fucked up about that. Yeah. Don't like it. I mean, I'm glad that homeless person's getting a car. Probably need a home first, but uh, don't put the camera in their face. Like you're just doing that. That's gross. And that's, yeah, that is the vibe. But that being said, 2023 is wild, wild west out there. If you wanted to make money off of it, you could. Um, There's also a lot of like dads, single dad, that's a, that's a great thing to make money off of or to like influence, be an influencer about because um, it's just like a beautiful thing and you're not really exposing too much. I was kind of joking, but yeah, I mean, it is a way to get money if you really want to. But yeah, we're, we're, I you get an American on you. Yeah. But I feel like probably protect your son's identity. A hundred percent. He yeah. has no say over the, pro, yeah. over his involvement in the video. He's probably not great. Yeah. yeah. He's five. Well, yeah, he'd be five. Maybe write a, write a novel or something. These oh, are yeah. all really shot in the dark ideas. 
you probably need that actual skill to make money. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. You got cool curls. Yeah. I never see curly routines for guys. This is all internet-based stuff. Sorry. I keep I keep suggesting Have influencer. you thought of hot gluing beads on Christmas ornaments and selling them on Etsy? A lot of women do do that. Pouring candles. Mmm. Soy ones that don't that are paraben-free. They won't clog up your, the congestion of your indoor air quality. Listen, there's a lot of options for working for home, from home now um, since COVID. So I think that's probably what you're going to have to look into. Yeah. Or I guess work on this marriage. That seems harder though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what say you, sir? Um, this show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, But we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids— Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. Make sure to come see us live after you get a ticket to our December 1st show at the Midnight Theater. Uh, Come see me headline Zanies in Chicago, November 10th and 11th, and then Zanies in Nashville, November 12th for one night only. Tickets are available at the link in my bio on all my social media. And also sign up for my Patreon. I'm doing it uh, four times a month. We do weekly Zoom group therapy. I say therapy because I'm not a licensed professional, but I'm pretty good at facilitating and I'm really good at handling dark subjects that like are scary to talk about. And the more I do these Zooms, the more I realize like people don't have a lot of people, too many people that I've witnessed in these Zooms and then just in life don't have like a friend group where they can just say what's on, like if they're going through a hard time, like they feel like they can't talk about it to the friends that they have. I'm like, you gotta get, you gotta get friends where you can talk about that shit. I promise you, life is way better. But anyway, if you don't have friends or if you, even if you do, uh, patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson will get you access to, uh, to be able to participate in one of the four group Zooms. 
Uh, there's one day a month now, because I'm redoing the Patreon, that's going to be steady. And it's Tuesdays at the first Tuesday of the month at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Guaranteed. Uh, so that's the one guarantee. And then the rest of the dates change to accommodate people in different time zones. Got a lot of people from England uh, in there. So sign up at patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. And of course, you can check out me on my other podcast, Without a Country. It comes out on Wednesdays on YouTube, Wednesday nights. And of course, everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Luminary and Apple Podcasts. We're going over over everything. I mean, obviously, it's mostly Israel-Palestine stuff right now. But I think I am presenting a pretty even-keeled perspective on that, which I really can't say about almost anyone else that I've seen on the internet. So it's pretty rough. We're we're kind of like going around and not just using... um, mainstream news news sources and really trying to find out what is happening in the Middle East. Why is it happening? And will this be something that's ever be able to be resolved? And then, of course, going into uh, the 2024 election, there's a lot going on with what it looks like is going to be a Trump versus Biden uh, election. But, you, you know, know. Th- what, who's who's second place in Republicans, you think? Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley. I mean, uh, people are far behind. I thought Ron DeSantis would have made a better play. He's still in the running. Um, uh, Mike Pence dropped out. Yeah, I, I mean, that. there's not anyone that's even close to Trump at this point. The I watched a video with uh, this guy named Cenk Ugar. Cenk mm-hmm. Ugar. I watched a video on how to pronounce his name too. Um, and have you heard him? He's out, he's going to run on the democratic party. And I I was, I wanted to ask you what you thought of him. He, he, he's very impassioned. He's very, I saw him on Pierce Morgan giving a speech about how like, you know, we are murdering kids in Gaza right now. Fucking stop. And the way he talked, I was like, Ooh, you don't hear people talk like that. Like passion, like actual passion and like stop the bullshit like stop you know so he's very not a politician i really like him a lot yeah there's also like rfk jr and is in the mix oh. a little bit but i mean i i, I don't he's you know. seen the, he, the family legacy politicians feels like that should never be a thing we like just, legacy admissions uh i mean that's i mean it's just i just don't think he's there's I, realistically it's it's gonna be unless one of them drops dead which also possible that is I mean, trump I, is trump biden but yeah i didn't really i mean trump's not far he's three years younger yeah, but he doesn't seem as old as Biden. No, he's just because just he talks nonsense all the time. He's actually like, there was an article in the New York Times today about how he actually, when he, if you actually listen you know? to what he's talking about, it's not making any sense. He's constantly making mistakes. And like, you know, mm. he do, he has, a, he opens up his campaign trail now by like basically like doing an impression of Biden, but he also like never knows what state he's in. So <laughs> it's fucked, the blind leading the blind. This is, you really do incarnate on this planet. It's It's like a fucking comedy movie, but bad. Yeah. It's a bad comedy movie. Yeah. It's a comedy tragedy. But if you want to see me do comedy live, mm. uh, then you can come to the comedy store on Wednesday, November 8th uh, at 8 p.m. for Gash, most likely the last Gash of the year. I think the tickets probably will be sold out by the time you hear that. We're already at t- a low ticket warning on that. But if not, grab one of those. That'll be super fun. And then, of course, uh, February 2024, I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Comedy Law, February 29th through March 2nd. That ticket link is in the Linktree link in my bio. Um, And now we are going to talk a little bit about our new themed month that we told you that was coming last week. And now it's here. It's called Men, Men, a a celebration. celebration. It's here. 
Yeah, really excited to dive into masculinity. Oh, we should have worn mustaches. Oh, that would have been cute. That would have been cute. I'll get some on, on Amazon for next time. That would have been so cute. That would have been cute. And like a beard or something. Yeah. Damn. Okay, next time. Um, I, you know, the state of mas- masculinity, it's such a it's such a vague term. Like I I've talked about before on these intros, like asking men in my life, like, what does being a man mean to you? And they're like, ah, I don't know. And I, I asked on Instagram last night just to see if anybody, and I got a lot of responses. Um, uh, the question that I posed was what was taught to you about masculinity and being a man growing up? And then I said, and furthermore, when you got older, did you agree with what you were taught or did you disagree? A lot of really interesting responses. Some of the longer ones, um, uh, I grew up, uh, the youngest of nine kids, that's too uh, many. Yeah, it's way too many. Uh, six boys and three girls. I was fortunate enough to basically be raised by my sisters since my brothers were too busy being boys and preferred most things uh, over being stuck watching a baby toddler. So he was a little little guy of the family. I had uh, I loving parents, but when you're surrounded by that many siblings, it's easier for all of us to take care of one another. A couple people said that. But if, like people who had a lot of siblings, like they just kind of helped each other more than the parents. My sisters taught me that men can be emotionally expressive, have female friends and mentors and express emotions without feeling emasculated. I consider myself extremely fortunate. Uh, I'm lucky that I had, uh, this is another person. I'm lucky that I had many male role models, especially my dad. Masculinity wasn't the biggest or being the biggest or toughest. It was about doing things right, even more so when nobody was looking. Being a good friend, family member, being dependable and keeping your word was huge with my dad. Don't say you're going to do something and not follow through. That was how manhood was measured in my house. That's that's a that's awesome. That's a pretty fair one. Um, uh, uh, this other guy said men don't cry except when their mom or dog dies. Even pretty late in life, I heard women say they'd never date or would dump a guy that cried. That's fucked. Uh, also that women only have sex to appease their partner. Logically, I know both of these things are garbage takes, but it's insanely difficult to overcome that kind of thinking, um, sometimes even now. And then this other guy said, they were never really, uh, these things were never really taught. Being gay really jumbled all of this around for me. Mm. I still struggle with all of, uh, what all of this means for myself and in my community. It's honestly crazy. I've had so many conversations with other male and AMOB, which stands for assigned male birth, uh, folks who have such vastly different ideas of what it means to be a man and therefore their expectations of male from others is then completely shaken. Um, the This guy says, what is being a man? Being a provider to not show emotion, be strong so you can be the best. Uh, a good cry is better than a Xanax. Uh, what were you taught? Honestly, nothing. Learned about everything I know uh, from sitcoms. Uh, boys can't wear hilarious (laughs) yeah and also sad yeah it is sad Uh, boys can't wear pink have long hair or get their uh, paint their nails oh those are all my favorite qualities and and any boy that I like would have long hair wear pink and then paint his nails that sounds like the hottest guy ever Uh, yeah a dude guy liner Oh my God. Nail polish and guy liner. Give me, get, get that penis over here. If you want, um, that boys don't cry, uh, and we should feel less. I highly recommend boys and sex by Peggy Orenstein. Uh, my uncles told me you needed to have multiple women and cheating was okay for men. Uncles Mm. always give the worst advice. Yeah. Um, my dad and granddad taught me that you're not really a man until you're taking care of someone else. That sucks. How about you take care of yourself? How about start there? I agree. Don't cry. Don't show emotion. I ended up being both regardless, but it's still frowned upon. You want to be strong and capable, able to protect if needed. I'm Gen X. Grew up a latchkey kid. 
I don't know what that means. Uh, I never was taught any specific traits for what define masculinity. Ask kids are like they're like it's like the poor like poor usually like poor white America like. I, I associate latchkey with like, the phrase with like Appalachia, but oh, let's that reminds me of Appalachian emergency room sketch on SNL. Yeah, what a oh, a child who returns to an empty home after school, or a child who is often less home. Yeah, so it's like most likely raised by like a single mom. I'm oh, guessing, okay, got it. and was left at home without a lot of supervision. A lot. I just like I always associated with like with like Appalachia po- with poverty. Well, mm-hmm. with poverty. Ah, got it. So. But I've um, actually, I've only heard, pe- but I've also only heard people, I feel like I've only heard white people describe themselves as that. But I mean, it's not, it has nothing to do with race, actually. Uh, and that's why we look things up. Uh, goddamn right. Uh, this person said that you should do things for people without thanks or payment. Dad was always doing chores for people. I learned, walk it off, rub dirt on it, never allowed to admit being physically hurt. I was taught, shown that being a man is being able to provide, provide, provide. Uh, that femme was to be honored, respected, and protected. I still believe it. And so it, that reminded me of like growing up, my dad uh, had this weird thing. And my brother and I talked about it. I saw my brother this weekend. We were talking about like, this is so bizarre, but he he was very, uh, very strict about this. My brother is eight years older than me. Couldn't like yell at me. Yeah. Couldn't like push me. He would, he wouldn't do that. He's a very gentle, like even keeled kind of person. I got all the fucking crazy in the family, but, um, well, my mom, but, uh, if my brother like looked at me weird, my dad would freak out at him. Like one time he got pissed at me because I did something kind of fucked up to him. Like I would take a lot of my aggression out on my brother. Cause probably cause I knew I could. Um, and then he, didn't push me, but he did something. And I was like, dad. And my dad, like, re- he's like, you never raise your voice to a woman. You and, and I was like, where is this? But me, both me and my brother were like, you're being a little, this is a little weird. I don't know where this is coming from, but it was this like hyper masculinity of you have to protect the woman and the woman is delicate. It was mm. kind of like that. Like I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that my brother was allowed to do when he was my age. And I would ask my dad, I'm like, is this cause I'm a girl? And he would be like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, that's and he's like, oh, you're going to yell at me? You're grounded for two weeks. I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, you're going to keep yelling two more weeks. That's how I was raised. Yeah, I would say I, there was very little differentiation between my brother and I because of like uh, our sex or our gender. There was a lot like I would say, if anything, I got like more responsibilities, but also more privilege because I was a, a, a gal but it was, but it was just because I matured faster, mm. which I get, I mean, I do associate that with being a woman, but it's also could be like my personality, personality. So, so you it was earned, stuff like that. You earned the ability to have more free freedom. I mean, almost to the older kid. Yeah. 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 Obviously yeah. everything about me says that, but yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, but that was ne- like never like a thing, but also, you know, like I had my, you know, my parents in many ways, the, I feel like the gender roles were a little swapped in the house, even though my dad was, you know, going out to work. My mom started working again when we were, when I was like in high school. So she went back to school, got her degree, went back and became a teacher. She had been a realtor previously. Yeah. My dad had the baseball card store the whole time. So I always thought like, I always thought it would be really cool to grow up with a sensitive dad. Mm -hmm. Like that, there's so much value in that. I think a, a man who is sensitive and like, uh, into like who likes poetry, like that's so to me, 
such a, so beautiful. Like that's, it's a very specific thing when a man is into those things and has those qualities. It's like, it's very beautiful and it's yeah. different than when a woman is into them. Yeah. I mean, my dad rocked. I mean, like there's like, the thing is though, it's just like, mm, yeah, he was, uh, what was I going to say? I've just lost my train of thought completely, but yeah, no, he was, uh, he was great. Very. In, and also just like very interesting. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't have interesting parents. Um, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> a lot of people don't know much about their parents. Yeah. My parents are, are very interesting people, which I don't really, yeah, I don't see that a lot. And then also, um, yeah, I think just having having people represent. Like, I was never these houses. Like, you would watch a TV or a movie. And I was like, wait till Dad comes home. It's like I didn't think that was healthy or even sound good. Or like, for what? Like, wait till Dad comes home. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna be in like, you're gonna begin even more trouble. Like, oh yeah. Like, I, got I don't think it's great to like walk around like fearing your parents. The same way I don't think it's great to walk around fearing God. I certainly like. It's not like I. It's not like I felt like I could do anything I wanted. I certainly knew that there would be repercussions if I didn't follow the rules or like get good grades or like show up in ways that I was supposed to. But I wasn't like walking around my house fucking quivering. And I was, was yeah. And dad was, my dad had a temper and it was very, yeah, it was very, and all the kids in my neighborhood, I don't know if it has anything to do with the military, but, uh, they're all military dads. I don't think we had any military moms, but, uh, it was all like very much fear the father, fear the fucking father. Woo. He's going to beat the crap out of you or he's going to, I don't know. Um, no, if anything, I know, I know my dad would give me 20 bucks if I wanted a stuffed animal and my mom would never give me the money. <laughs> yeah. You always know what parent to get to, to go to for what. Dad, can I have money? My dad also had a lot of cash on him because of, of this, owning the business. Because of his nature yeah. of his work. So he had a lot of cash. Mom, mommy had credit. That is another interesting facet I never thought about having interesting parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about it all the time. Like the stories I hear and like also just like culturally what I know about that other people don't know about. I go, man, you guys have lame ass parents. Yeah. My parents weren't like partiers or anything. Well, my dad, I'm sure was back in the day, but not while, while he was parenting us. Uh, but yeah. And just like even the stories that people tell about my parents, like very interesting really? people. That's yeah. cool. A lot of personality. Yeah. They love pop culture. Mm-hmm. They love like they have very like passionate interests. I love mm-hmm. anybody with a passionate interest. I think that's great. Yeah. Beyond like having kids, like, and it was beyond their role as a dad or a wife or whatever. Like it yeah. was, cause that's not, that's not everything. And it's not all that defines you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was thinking about too, um, men not feeling like they know what their role is in a straight relationship, particularly. I'd be mm-hmm. curious, like in a, in a relationship where the, it's the same sex, a gay relationship, like, I, there has to be roles just so that there's some type of yin and yang of, of energy, right? Like any gay couple I know they're, it's just the same. It's oh, a, really? It's this, it's, it's fucking the, are one's the man, one's the woman. Oh, for lack right, of that. a better yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, cause we all yeah. have feminine energy and it, masculine One's the energy. feminine, one's the masculine. Yeah. yeah. But I think that makes it work. Like, cause, cause you each bring something different to the table. Otherwise, if you're the same, if you're the same type of person who likes doing the same roles in a relationship, then yeah, a lot of it's going to get overlooked. But, uh, I think that redefining what it means to be a provider is really important. Cause I think that fucks a lot of guys up because a lot of the people, especially a lot of people that like did the quick response to that Instagram prompt I posted, 
it was all provide, 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 provide. I'm like that. First of all, you're not providing much though. The thing is, it's like, yeah, redefine provide. It's like, it's not monetary. Monetary is so meaningless, honestly. I mean, I guess it's easy to say if you want, you know, people always say, it's easy to say if you're not broke. Okay. So let's yes. just assume that you're not broke. That's obviously providing is important if you're fucking broke, but if you're like doing okay as a unit, then like, yeah, there's a million things you can provide security, comfort, emotional, emotional support. support, like, uh, Fun. Enc- encouragement, enthusiasm. Yo, yeah. Encouragement's a big one. And just fun and laughing and like not getting caught up in dumb shit. Yeah, be entertaining. The rest, the rest of the people that you see in your day are going to give you all that. Like you, I always admired people where like they reserve their partner for like their fun time, like their fun mischievous side of themselves, like their partner gets. I think that's really nice. I've witnessed it a couple times in couples, but it's like, uh, monet also too, though, having, if we go back to the fifties and sixties and seventies, I suppose mm-hmm. probably the eighties as well. And maybe even the nineties, the man expected being expected to be the sole financial provider. That's fucked up. Like that's not, I get that a woman raised having and raising the kids is a huge full-time job, but like both of those things, if you're just the, the person that stays at home with the kid all day, or you're just the person that makes all the money for the family, that's too, there's no balance in that. No, you need more balanced roles. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's also like a, it's a weird way to kind of like in a way enslave women because it's like, you're, you're doing an incredible amount of important work that must be done, but you're not getting a paycheck for it. Therefore you have no freedom. Therefore you can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people stuck in in emotionally and physically abusive uh, relationships like, and they can't get out because they are the stay at home parent. Like Mm -hmm. that is so fucked. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's any mistake. It was set up that way. Yeah. But I'd be curious, like what, like what are the other things I guess I'd want to hear from women with that, but like what if I, when I think of the things that I would want to be provided with, it's all the stuff that we just said, emotional support and laughter and love. Just lightening the load. I mean, I think part of uh, the bonus of being in a relationship is just lightening the load. Like there's so many things that need to be done in a day or to sustain yourself as like a human being on this planet. And just like, it's like what do anything, just do some of it. Be helpful. Just do some of whatever it is that needs to be done. Yeah. And take out the garbage, wash the dishes, fucking file the taxes, make it a doctor's appointment, like anything. Yeah. That's so much more helpful. And like those those little things like coming home and there's already dinner made or something like that. Like if that's not normally the routine you have, that's so nice. Mm -hmm. It is wild how much a small kind gesture goes a long way in any relationship, really. But like, it's really, it's very potent. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. Yeah, premeditating someone's needs, even if they're small needs, and like providing something for them. That's providing. Yeah. Anticipating anticipating a need. Mm. My best, pro, like my, my boyfriends who provided the most were not, it was no correlation with how much money they had. They certainly weren't the wealthiest. Yeah. Same. I, I think of... I had two, I have two, the boyfriend now and then my uh, boyfriend a while ago, uh, very good at like kindness and just like goofiness. Oh, love goofiness. But everybody's different. They all got different needs, but I want to provide goofiness. And then I want to, I wanted to highlight um, a man, my man hero of the week for when we're doing men a celebration, just men that I think don't get enough kudos and should be celebrated. Not necessarily having anything to do with being a man or masculinity. I just want to highlight a guy doing something cool. And this week I would love to highlight 
Paul Barton. Okay. And I'll give you his Instagram handle in a minute. But um, Paul Barton is a pianist who once performed in front of packed concert halls in Yorkshire. He now lives in Thailand where he performs for blind and handicapped elephants. And I'll show you this, Corinne. This is a video of Paul. He has his piano in the water and the elephants will come up. And all day, he just fucking plays piano for these elephants. I didn't know piano uh, that elephants like piano so much. This is so sweet. Yeah. And the ones, uh, yeah, I didn't either. But I imagine it's the vibration. Animals are very, um, very in tune to like music and stuff. Oh, yeah, like something. puppies love piano. I knew that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My dogs never liked when I played piano. That's Paul playing in Thailand. Um, but I want to give his Instagram handle, which is... Uh, paulbarton.piano on Instagram. It's P-A-U-L-B-A-R-T-O-N.piano. And the other thing I love about Paul Barton, let me let me get to his page. Paul Barton. You go to his page and he has a YouTube link of Paul Barton in Thailand. But it, his Instagram page says nothing about him playing piano for uh, blind and handicapped elephants. It's all how to play piano. He's just doing it for the He's love of the fu- game. Exactly. He's humble. He uprooted his life after being very successful and he's just in nature playing for animals who could use some more love. That's, that's the move. Yes. That's, that's the, the fucking move, move. I love that. I love Paul. So hats off to Paul. I wonder if any monkeys needed advice. Oh yeah. They come up to him <laughs> trying to fucking take this pot on the road. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's great. Oh, okay. So now on to our guest. Our first guest for men, a celebration, is the chief of urology and a surgeon at Fifth Avenue Urology. This was a fascinating interview. We learned a lot, and Michael learned a lot, too, about his body. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Dr. Dr. Yaniv Larish. Here with Dr. Larish, who is a urologist in New York City. That's right. You're a little born and raised in Manhattan, little weirdo. Love that born about you. And, bred. and we were talking a little bit earlier um, about what made you want to become a urologist. And you told me a story how you were in the ER and a man came in with an erection that lasted for more than four hours, just like those commercials said. That little disclaimer. Yeah. And so, how? <laughs> How, how did this uh, moment of faith come in 
to, to so make funny. you a urologist. So he showed up, uh, I think, six hours into an erection. Oh, which oh. Is, yikes. You know, and he had tried all sorts of things to get it to go down. I wonder what. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had tried a few things in the emergency room that uh, you can do in the emergency room and uh, to no avail. And so they called the urologist down and said, oh, we got to take you upstairs to the operating room. And I was sort of fascinated at what could you possibly do in the operating room to, to <laughs> sort of fix this? Make it go down. Yeah. And uh, the attending physician who was sort of overseeing me said, if you're that interested, why don't you go up and join them in the operating room? I said, really? I'm on the emergency room rotation. Are you sure? I said, I'm sure. Go. And that was it. My my fate was cast that day. And he did the did the urologist in the ER operate on his testicles? How do you get an erection to stop? Yeah. So so the first question is why would an erection like that happen? Very that's yes. the first question. So that is the first question. there are a couple of reasons. One is uh cocaine. Ah, wait, I thought Coke Dick was, Mm. well, depends on the amount. Whoa, people aren't doing enough. I know guys do more Coke. (laughs) Um, So cocaine is one, um, the use of an antidepressant called trazodone. I've heard of them. Um, Everyone's getting that. Like, wait, let me get a pen out. <laughs> Trazodone. Then there's there are medications that people inject into the penis if they have erectile dysfunction, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, and those injections are incredibly strong mm. and can cause yes. an irreversible sometimes uh, erection. Irreversible erection. Well, Every irreversible woman's nightmare. Naturally, like without oh, okay. medical intervention. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Wow. So what are the first things that you try when someone shows up with an erection that's gone on too long? And follow-up question, what is, when do we, when is it too long? Yeah. yeah so four Great hours question. is the cutoff. Four hours. <laughs> you hear that off. guys? That's Which, so long. So, can, that's wait, so, so long. Can no I woman ask wants that. what happens at four hours? Is it out, like in terms of danger, <laughs> your, your, your car like, turns no, into a pumpkin. I'm serious. In terms of danger, like what, <laughs> what is that? Mike's now concerned. I know you're, you're thinking you want to be a marathon runner. You don't want to be a marathon runner. <laughs> Mike well, has no. a big Shoot. penis and it's kind of like a joke <laughs> on this show. So that's why we have to tell you that. I yeah. really am. Uh, Thank you. Full disclosure. <laughs> Full disclosure. I've been kind of too young to go to a urologist, but I'm getting to really? the age. Yeah. I mean, I'm, t- I'm 34, so I'm, I'm about to be at the age where like that, you know. <laughs> mentally, young. he's 65. So. Yes. Oh, mentally, 65. That's, that's <laughs> young. That's a young estimate. What is, what is the danger to a man who has had a four hour erection? Yeah. So, so if you think about the physiology of an erection, it's blood that gets trapped within the penis, right? The, right. The oh. veins get big, the arteries, I'm sorry, the arteries get big, the veins get small. And so inflow mm. is greater than outflow. Erections do have a vibe of trapped blood. Trapped. That makes a lot of trapped, sense. Trapped, incarcerated. <laughs> um, just like if you would put a tourniquet on an arm or a leg. Right. There's damage that occurs from lack of oxygen. Okay. And so if you have an erection that lasts longer than four hours, it's essentially like putting a tourniquet on an arm. Whoa. Right. You did go fall off. It's not going to fall off, but what ends up happening is you lose your ability to have an erection afterwards. Oh Oh. my God. So sad. That is so sad. Holy shit. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're sort of laughing about, it, but it is pretty sad. It is right? sad. Like I couldn't oh, imagine. It, I mean, depending on what it is, but yeah, it's like a rapist, you know, I'd be oh, like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's, have you ever seen anybody who lost their ability to have an erection yeah, forever? So we, oh we once God. had a guy show up, uh, 30 hours into a priapism. What? 30. 30. And he, not, no fault of his own. He had uh, sickle cell anemia, which is another reason why oh, weird. Uh, people can get, um, priapisms and, uh, at 30 hours, there's really not much that can be done. 
uh, short of preparing for what the rest of life is going to be like. Oh. And in that situation, we actually put in a penile implant. Oh, okay. Uh, to sort of fix it. Uh, but, you know, he's not able to have a natural erection. It's, he's dependent upon an external. Right. Well, it's an Does he pump device. it though? Like, is that, cause I've heard of penis, penile implants. Um, do they, you can kind of control when it gets hard and not through sure. like a pump or a button, right? It, there's a pump, like a Reebok pump. Yeah. Like the old, nice. the old school uh, Reebok <laughs> pump, pumps. Pump, pumping up. I want to fuck. Uh, wow. And so you can still have an orgasm? You can still have an orgasm. Okay, that's You can good. still ejaculate. Okay. Um, we, we have, you know, people wow. always sort of conflate desire, meaning libido, yeah. erections, ejaculation, orgasm. But each one of those things is different and each one of those facets can have its own uh, dysfunction. Uh-huh. Oh. So I have patients in my practice who, you know, walk down the street and their head is on a swivel. Anything that has a heartbeat basically, give, you know, yeah. gives them desire, but they can't get an <laughs> erection to, to save their life. Wow. And then I have guys who can get an erection without a problem, but they have zero desire. Interesting. And we have guys who can get an erection, have desire, can orgasm, can't ejaculate. Whoa. Then we have guys who have desire, have an erection. Can't ejac- or can ejaculate, but without an orgasm. What? So what? you can you can mix and match wow. the dysfunction. Oh my god! So what about the guy, the first guy in the scenario, uh, where he ha- wants to have sex with everything that moves, but can't get an erection? What are the possible? Sure. So causes? you know the the causes can range from uh, psychological, psychiatric, to uh, a true medical sort of problem. Uh, the way that I view the uh, penis is sort of as the canary in the cold mine when it comes to uh, overall health. Okay. So if you have cardiovascular disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, all of those things can contribute to erectile dysfunction. Oh. Or it's just anxiety, right? And so, yeah. you know, we have a saying in my practice where guys are only as good as their last erection. So well, women have a saying in I, their, our practice yeah. too about that. I've been, listening, I've been listening. I've been listening. I'd say that's been our model for quite some time. I've been listening intently to what you guys are saying. So, so basically you can have a 30 year old guy who's had 50,000 erections in his life. Wow. Never had a problem. Gets with a, a partner, particularly somebody who he potentially cares about. Madonna. And, no, no erection. And they go, I, I'm devastated. I, I don't know what, what I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. And then they try yeah. again. It just gets compounded and compounded and the anxiety grows. Yeah. And that's, that has nothing to do with his penis being unhealthy. The penis is perfectly healthy. Right. It's just that adrenaline, um, mm. is the biggest killer of, of, uh, adrenaline. Yeah. Okay. So how, how do you get past that one? So one of the things that we employ, first of all, is if you talk about it, Immediately, because de- you want to demystify the situation, right? And you say, look, you had 50,000 erections coming in to this one encounter. Right. Never a problem. Right. All of a sudden you're having this problem. Yeah. Do you think maybe you care about this person? Yeah, I, I, I think I might. I mean, I don't know yet. It's early, but I, I sort of like this person to go, well. It's crazy that you're having like grade school conversations with men in a medical office. Like, I think that's that's so but eye opening. It's not the type of conversation they have with anybody. No, else. no, no. That's why. But it's right. like it, there's like a. This is like making me actually really sad. 
that, that it you make that, you sad. I, it, no, it should because I got to deal with it. Got to be. I got to be honest. So I, I'm sad for me. <laughs> the lack of emotional, uh, yeah, intelligence on. that that we've experienced. The obvious, of course, not all men because the men the, we all we often say like the men in our lives, like the men in my life, I love and are so have such emotional depth that I value and treasure. But like t- these types of conversations, the yeah. guy wouldn't even think to go there because well, if I like her, then it shouldn't not work. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, the more pressure in the situation, yeah, uh, the more pressure the guy is putting on himself. And it, it, it rarely has anything to do with pressure being put on by the partner. Rarely. It's oh, usually good to know. Pressure. So I could keep putting the pressure on. It's yeah. so interesting. I, I mean, I've, I've dealt with this before with specifically with women that I like. And I was actually just going to ask you how much in your professional opinion a, a guy my age, roughly like, like early thirties, mid thirties, uh, how much mid. of common general, um, ED is psychological and how much of it is physiological? Does it usually really somebody like in there before the T really like drops off? Is it really just that like mentally you can't wrap your head around like getting it up to somebody that you like might love? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the great lit- the great litmus test for that because we talked about every patient that walks into the office is a puzzle that has to be solved, uh-huh. and one of the great litmus tests for exactly your question is, well, can you get an erection while masturbating? And if the answer is yes, you can do it on a solo mission, but when it comes to a group activity, you have a problem. Then clearly, it's the group activity issue. It's not your penis. It's, right. Right. It's something that's happening internally. One of the ways that we get around that. Um, is we support the confidence that the guy has that he's not going to have a problem. Mm. So if you can uh, support somebody pharmacologically uh, with Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, uh, Stendra, Staxin, there's a million different so drugs. So many boner drugs out there, so Doc. Notice he didn't say blue chew. No. <laughs> no, blue chew, no blue rhino. <laughs> We'll get back to this because I need to know which one is the best, but that's a question for later. Give me that gas station cock. (laughs) That's that's a good question. I mean, that's actually an interesting question because they all, the reason that they all exist is because they have different pharmacological profiles. For example, uh, Viagra, the peak onset is usually two hours after taking the drug. Mm. Uh, Same thing for Cialis. Stendra and Staxin are usually 15 minutes. Whoa. Instant boner. Right. Yeah. Now, the amount of time that that drug stays in the system is different amongst all those drugs. So Viagra will stay in your system for about four hours. Cialis is a 24-hour drug. <laughs> doesn't mean you have an erection for 24 okay. hours. It just means that Gets it's in ready. the system. It's, it's on the table. It's primed. Yeah. The system is primed. Whoa. So that's the other thing. A lot of times guys will come in and say, you know, I, I got uh, a Viagra sample from a friend or from my internist and it didn't work. And now, now I'm really devastated. What am I going to do? Right. And I say, well, how did you take it? And he goes, well, I, I took it and nothing happened. Well, but that's not how the drug works. Uh. The, the drug works. You have to take it at least two hours before sex. It's swimming pool rules. Two uh. hours before sex on an empty stomach, avoid alcohol. Same uh. rules you would employ uh, going into a, a pool. That's crazy because I know so many guys who are now doing Viagra as basically a club drug. People who don't yeah. have ED what? to give it a little extra boost. I know 
I, I could I can name you ten full names right now. I, 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 I won't name names. Because Corinne, I would to piggyback off what Corinne was saying. If you're like as a when I was in my twenties, I knew tons of guys that were yeah. just like, yeah, man, hopping like, Viagra. Yeah, yep. take yep. a Viagra. Does it make you harder? That's what they. That's what they were telling me. But that's uh. so that's the and question. these are not people I'm having sex with before the jokes start. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you're if you're taking that in like your mid twenties and you don't need it, but it's just like right. your buddy get your buddy in the frat right. gave you one, and it's just like if you're going away with your girlfriend for the weekend, if you do that. Uh, frequently enough do you become dependent on it like later on in life or is it just like so you could take it as like a party drug like her i mean yeah people people literally like have like leaned into me at a nightclub and whispered like (laughs) that i think it's oh it's like people go cocaine in washington square park (laughs) yes yeah cocaine 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 no no it's fascinating have you heard of people taking it recreationally oh sure okay can women take it i've heard of women taking it so uh it's off label, but you could. Oh, what would it do if uh, I allegedly? It, I'm it not going to. It increases blood flow. So, so male and female anatomy are analogous. So, uh, for every male part, there's a female analog, and mm. the clitoris in this case is the same as the glands, penis, or the, the head of the penis. Hell yeah! So it'll yeah. it'll increase blood flow to the clitoris. Uh, but, oh no shit! Yeah. But, but, but in the same Mikey's uh, hinge dates are going to be a lot just, more exciting. This is so fascinating. Why don't you go to the bathroom, fact, babe? I'll get your drinks. Yeah. In fact, there, I, I have a colleague named uh, Seth Cohen who's over at NYU. Uh, he did a fellowship in female sexual dysfunction. Oh. And one of the things that he sort of wrote up when he was out in California doing his fellowship was um, a woman who had a priapism of the clitoris. So, wow, you know, she had that a could lady be boner, lady boner. But, that actually but feels like it would burn so much. Yeah. Like it was not really, comfortable. Yeah. Right? It's, it's the, the general term is called PGAD or okay. persistent genital arousal disorder. Oof. And that's, I, we've had people email about that, but like the, but with that, the genital is actually aroused. They're, are they walking around horny as well? Because that's no, the thing no, I'm unclear with Viagra. It's oh, not okay. sexual. It's un, it's undesired uh, arousal. Oh sort of in the in the absence of a sexual stimulus. So this oh, is somebody who's so folding I've had that, but it was just an with an ugly guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Oh, we're having a good time. I'm on Zycam. <laughs> okay. But so, so these erectile drugs, they don't actually make you horny, do no, they? No, they have nothing to do with libido. Because libido is all in the mind, although it can be stress, I guess. I mean, which is well, also, it's the also mind. in the mind, right? Yeah. So, so mm. libido is is psychological and hormonal. Oh, it's hormonal. So, and that that all fits into arousal. The actual um, mm. physiological changes that occur to uh, cause an erection are completely separate. Very interesting. So, the mechanics operate in a different system than the mental. Uh, Correct pursuits of sex how what about let's talk libido that's really interesting um the two factors so it's mental and hormonal how can you improve your libido what's a healthy libido and is is there a average trajectory of a man where it's like he's 13 all the socks are stiff in the house and mom's like honey and then you get older and because we corinne and i've talked about this we've dating older guys the sex isn't as constant and they're not as like 
animalistically hungry, which I'm like, what happened? I like that. It's the great tragedy of the human condition. Right. You know. Like I, I literally just, I, I posted a joke, a stand up joke, because we're stand up comedians as well, not too long ago. And uh, it's about how I, my, one of my ex boyfriends was 12 years younger than me. So sex was great. I mean, literally, I, I could drop something and he would get hard. It was truly magical. <laughs> so nice. And um, hence the stand up. Yeah. And then everyone, and everyone, you know, all the butthurt guys in the comments were like, if this dick can't get hard, it's you. And like, just from doing oh, this God. show from 10 years, I, I, I really want to tell women like, it's not you. I yes. mean, obviously sometimes I guess it could be like, he's not attracted to you, but I think very rarely. So like, what is, yeah. What is the medical backup to this? Yeah, and also so is that sperm on your socks? Yeah. Is that oh. you? <laughs> the way that you just said that. The way that you just said that makes it sound like, like I have he, heart like socks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. No, I do have my that is true. Socks. That's true. I didn't I even think about little, that. My little sperm character. Yeah, for those of you listening to just I the audio. I thought it was clouds when I first walked in and then I was when I was talking and I was like, no, that's sperm. Yeah. Hey, do you mind just lifting your leg up for the camera? <laughs> there it is. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cute. Um, okay. So, so the great tragedy, right, is that uh, men's libido peaks in their teens. Uh, and teens. And teens. Oh, not 20s. Like teenage guys. I thought it was teens 20s. And then, Damn. I thought it was and 20s then too. slowly declines. Whereas Whoa. women reach their sexual peak in their 30s. Yeah. So, I'll say. You know, yeah. And when you're, a when you're in your 30s and you're dating a man in his late 40s, 50s or 60s, whatever, you're just, how do you, how do you meet in the middle? Yeah, I mean, that's a communication issue more than anything. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> We're fucked. Um, In layman's terms, we, there is no middle. Um, but yeah, could you, you need a lot of pharmaceutical backup. Could you supplement uh, the libido? Like, could you take something to affect your hormones so that your libido is stronger as you're older as that's a man? That's a good question. So so men's libido is, is tied, everybody's libido is primarily tied to testosterone levels. Okay. And women, meaning women's too? Everybody. Yeah. Oh, we all have testosterone. Mine should be jacked up. I'm yeah. almost, I'm almost a man. I saw you doing push-ups outside. <laughs> it's true. Um, no, you, you know, so, so testosterone is, is what is directly correlated to libido. And, um, there are ways to supplement testosterone, but I will caution that oftentimes supplementing that testosterone is a one way street where there's no coming back from it. So oh, what's the street lead to the street leads to you not making testosterone yourself. Oh, okay, so you like asked about dependency before. Oh. This is the, the pharmacological definition of dependency. Oh, oh, wow. Your body's like, all right, I guess you got it from here. See ya. Yeah. So, we so the brain, yeah. the brain sends a signal to the testicles to make testosterone and make sperm. And that is uh, LH and FSH are the two hormones that sort of communicate with the testicle. Uh, to make testosterone and to make sperm. If you take testosterone from an exogenous source, meaning from the outside, uh, that communication ceases because the brain says, oh, we got plenty of testosterone on board. We're not going to send signals anymore. Oh, that shit. signaling, even when you withdraw the testosterone in many men, never comes back. Holy Ooh. moly. And so, so do they have to take testosterone for the rest of their lives or can you be a human with no testosterone? You can certainly be a human with no testosterone. You're just not a particularly no energetic. No, well, yeah. they don't want to fuck yeah. anybody, right? Well, it's, I mean, it's more than that. So so there are, there are wide ranging sort of effects, deleterious effects to not having testosterone on board, whether it's um, libido, obviously, but then also uh, muscle loss, bone health, um, uh, fatigue, 
these are all tied to testosterone. Oh, so go to Brooklyn, walk around. <laughs> all the Williamsburg dudes, no tea, zero tea. So, so I, you know, I, I would just caution that before supplementing with testosterone from the guy at the gym or from you yeah. know a buddy or an online pharmacy, you know, there are some big caveat impetors that need to be said, and that this is one of them. And and this ranges beyond that as well. I mean, we we talked a little bit about male fertility earlier. Right. Um, if you take testosterone, you are going to hamper your ability to have children. Dude, and it, and for many men, that is irreversible. Ooh, Oof, so scary. That is scary. So, and most men I know that take tea, which is a couple, I they've never, I know two of them, I'm pretty sure want children. They've never even brought that up. And you were saying like doctors don't necessarily give that warning. They do not necessarily give that warning. That's and, a bummer. And that's, that's a bummer. Well, why would they not? Yeah, lack of education, lack of push that tea. They want to push that tea, you know. So push a tea. Yeah, like how much money are like are you getting like financial incentive from these pharmaceutical companies to push certain brands? I don't, but certainly there are people out there who do. Okay. Yeah. And you don't because you're like you pass them up, or they or they said this guy doesn't seem playing that game. Right. It's just it's not the right. Well, that's how America got into the opioid epidemic. It, it talk about a can of worms. Right, um, of, course, of course. But like I, I watched the multiple Sackler documentaries and how the legislation snuck in and how they got people on the FDA on their side. I'm like, oh, it's all money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think testosterone replacement is reasonable in people who are do not have testosterone, who are hypo, right. hypogonadal is the uh, is the term. Uh, <laughs> but if, if you're not hypogonadal and you take testosterone, you may be creating a hypogonadal state when oh. you withdraw the testosterone. And that oftentimes is irreversible. So people mm. who do need testosterone, yeah. there you you can take it in a way that you're monitoring it so that the infertility doesn't or you you don't become sterile? If, if well if you're if you're at the point where you need testosterone replacement clinically. Yeah. Right. You are likely infertile to begin with. Oh, okay. So So supplementing the testosterone at that point doesn't really change the equation. However, there are ways to raise testosterone even pharmacologically without using testosterone specifically. Oh. So there's a drug called Clomid or Clomiphene Citrate, which is a drug that's used by uh, many women during IVF to oh, okay. induce um, ovulation. If you take, if a man takes it, uh, it basically increases your LH, which is that signal to the from the brain oh, okay. to the testicle. So instead of giving testosterone and the brain shutting off, you're basically amplifying the signal from the brain right. to the testicle. That sounds healthy. And that is not an irreversible state. Right. So that would be probably where I would start. Okay. Yeah, in many, many. What about uh, natural ways for to supplement it? Yeah. So, tell me what to eat, and I'll eat it every no, day. Just, yeah. Like, do, does does weightlifting help? Like, yeah. if you're Tossing not taking other things, <laughs> no, sleeping, dropping a you baseball, know, getting a good night's sleep, <laughs> yeah, uh, exercise, eating well, not being obese, mm-hmm. um, not having other. Uh, health concerns all will increase your libido. Men, so I hear a lot, women freeze their eggs. Can men freeze their sperm? Absolutely. Okay, so that's a great, I've never heard of a man freezing his sperm. Sure, there are um, lots of companies that do that today. Really? Yeah. That's great because it's it's like, you know, if a guy wanted to do that because there's so many factors you can come up against as you age in your life that can prevent like your sperm from being viable, uh, what would be an age, a good age for a man to do that? 
it depends what's going on. So okay. sound you like know, 17. Honestly, yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, I, I see a lot of men who develop testicular cancer, for example. Yeah. yeah. And right before we even do the orchiectomy or removing that cancerous testicle, we tell them before we do anything, go bank some sperm. Yeah. Huh. And guys can bank sperm for you know, decades, like if they wanted to, like sure. if they're so young, you know, they don't know, you know. Well, I've only heard of people doing it like when they want to like make, like when they're for a sperm bank, I've never heard of them doing it in preparation for, for their family, I think right. is the issue, no, but that's sure. like a more Same. of a societal, societal issue. Mm. Yeah, no, there are, there are a couple of companies that do that now. Right. Wow. You, can, you can bank some stuff for the future. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's good data and good evidence to suggest that sperm quality decreases over time as a man ages. Yeah. Uh, DNA fragment, even though the sperm may look the same under the microscope. If you look at the DNA, uh, there's a test called a DNA fragmentation test. Right. Um, that looks at the amount of disruption in the normal DNA packaging within the sperm. Uh, as men age, that sort of becomes uh, impaired. Mm. And the percentage of sperm that have DNA fragmentation gets higher and higher. So there is a there is good data to suggest that if you're planning on having, let's say you're in your 40s, you don't have a, a partner, you're thinking of maybe having a baby at some point, um, there is evidence to suggest that the sperm at age 40 is better than the sperm at age 60. And when you say disruption, you mean like more of an issue with uh, like how the baby comes out, like health? So wise, we don't. I know. mean, I now, I, I, I now know in in twenty twenty three, every ber- baby is perfect and equal. But right. we right. all know what I'm talking about. Well, wink, I think wink. Even, even before that, I think right. the ability of the sperm to fertilize an egg can be impaired. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Um, and you know, just <laughs> like uh, just like libido and erections and desire and uh, ejaculation are all sort of separate issues. Right. Uh, fertilization of an egg, the ability to create a normal. Um, uh, embryo from a, uh, a DNA perspective. Yeah. Those are all also different things. So you can have a sperm that somebody gives a sample and none of the sperm have a tail. Wow. So the sperm are, have the inability to swim. Mm. And if they are, have the inability to swim, they cannot fertilize an egg. Oh, right. However, if the DNA within that cell is packaged appropriately in the lab, we can take that fertilize. sperm put it into an egg yeah. using the process of IVF and create a baby. We, it is a miracle that we are all here. It it's is the, the amount of hurdles that one can come up against when conceiving is it, there. It's well, what's shocking is we all sort of spend our teens our twenties, sometimes our thirties avoiding pregnancy at all costs. Totally. Right. We like that is the mission. Avoid pregnancy. Right. And yes, then, it is. And For so then many one reasons. Day we say, all right, now I'm going to have Get a baby. Pregnant. And then, you know, six months goes by, a year goes by and you go, well, why isn't it happening? You know, right? it's not that easy. Yeah, man. Um, blue balls. Is that a myth? Yeah, it's a myth. It is a myth. <laughs> Can it's you look myth. into the camera and say <laughs> blue balls is Whatever a myth? Whatever he told you. Yeah. So are, so, it, so everything that a man has ever said about blue oh. balls is absolute horseshit because no, sure. I do, oh, so I what have. What have they told you? One second, Mike. That's what I was, uh, was going to ask. Sore, sore testicles or soreness. But it's like, this, I think it's just the same as like doctor? a woman, right? Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, no one likes to get I mean, horny makes, and then not get off. Right, it's exactly. like, it's not a medical, I didn't call out sick. Exactly. And I'm not going to blame it on the person. Like, that's my issue. Just go masturbate. Yeah, blue balls is not a thing. But it does hurt when that happens. What, your feelings? 
No, your balls. Your balls. <laughs> well, your balls, your feelings are in your balls. Yeah, I also don't like getting horny and then not coming. Yeah, no one, no likes, one likes that. that. Unless they're obsessed with edging, but like, that's it. Yeah. That's no. a specific other thing. Edging is for the birds. So, wow. Wonder where guys are getting that hmm. from. Uh, are there, is there anything else that's a myth that guys will say, or women, you know, we can be... Our definition of feminism is women can be pieces of shit too. It's not just, you know, yeah. just for men um, that are just absolute a crock of baloney. Um, not off the top of my head. But okay. I'm, I'm sure we can debunk some. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's it's interesting since a lot of the uh, talking points that you had listed were about erectile dysfunction, because if you remember a, a couple of weeks ago when we, when we interviewed <clears throat> the gay male porn star, he kind of like, almost basically said like erectile dysfunction. Like he didn't believe that it was a real thing. Maybe meaning like it was like men. Mm. Did you remember, do you remember him bringing it up? Like kind of just like a mental thing, not an actual physical. I think for some men, it's a mental thing. Sure. And And I agree. I mean, I've seen it. It's a physiological thing. Right. Um, Right. So yeah. You can't, you can't just blanket. Right. 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 I mean, okay, so do you have, I mean, I know this is not, this is not your wheelhouse, but what are your thoughts, if any, on sex addiction? Is it real? Sex addiction? Yeah, do you think it's real? I think that addiction has to do with pleasure centers in the brain and, you know, uh, whatever, whatever tickles that, that little area is going to do it, whether that's uh, nicotine or or heroin or sex. I mean, I do, I do think it's real, but I think that every addiction is the same. Really, it's like whatever you're addicted to approval, sex or something like I think the sex addiction might come in, I would theorize with the way masculinity is presented to a man as he grows up and comes of age of like the woman bringing the prize or getting laid as the prize. So then they're like, okay, then my addiction is going to be that perhaps. Well, I mean, but then you're you're saying like someone could like literally be like, I got to go to rehab for approval. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I think this I mean, is where rehab I, would be therapy, but yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I'm like, I just, I just doesn't feel on the same level as things like, like heroin, narcotics and, right. and alcohol to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to draw comparisons, but addiction is addiction, right? Right. And so uh, by definition, addiction is, is uh, a certain part of the brain that uh, derives pleasure. Sure. Whatever that pleasure is you're causing all sorts of neurotransmitters to get released and that sort of becomes the prime directive. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And so whatever that, whatever. Causes and it's like with addiction, it's typically like an unhealthy thing that's causing you this pleasure or, or like an ultimately unhealthy thing when done consistently. Well, if anything that becomes the prime directive beyond, mm. you know, what normal, Our, uh, what is a normal human prime directive? Like, to eat and have sex, right? So yeah, right. That, that all biological uh, organisms are. Here I mean, to that's yeah, God, we're too so boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can, I have I have one for the doctor. If, yeah, yeah. If, Go ahead. if it pleases the court. All right, all right. So <laughs> you this may is, speak. This is somewhat anecdotal, um, but I do hundred percent a true story from Mike's diary. No, 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 no. But it's <laughs> it's more of my opinion. But I in. Have you know, having been doing this show for a long enough period of time now and having male friends seeing sort of the difference uh, in how men and women keep tabs on how to take care of themselves, in your opinion, professionally, why do you think women seem to be so much more vigilant of their own sexual health than men are? It's not just sexual health, it's health, period. Why do you think that we is? We won. 
Because I, I just, I know guys, like literally, even when you better. came in here and Christina was like, have you been to a urologist or whatever? I was like, well, no, I'm 34. I've never really, like, I haven't had to get a colonoscopy. I haven't had to do any of these things. Sure. But women know how all, it's all parts of their uh, reproductive organs work, where I feel like if you ask men anything about their, how any of their their equipment works. They'd be like, I get hard, I'd fuck, and then that's that. Every like, cell in anything. my body has been looked at at this point. Right. Yeah, right. And, well, and I, I haven't been to a doctor in, in yeah. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you walked in with a limp. What's <laughs> it's because he has a big dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you want from me? I'm a man. No, I, I think, you know, you think about uh, women's exposure to healthcare starts really at their first period. They're seeing a gynecologist, yeah. they're right. getting acquainted. It's normalized. Right. True. Men don't see a doctor until they turn 40 sometimes. Right. And it's oftentimes me. Right. Wow. That's not true. even a pediatrician, though. My brother and I went to well, a pediatrician regularly. No, yeah. but pediatrician, like, the pediatrician is not examining your, your colon. You know, well, your, right. your, he's not putting a finger in your butt. He's not. Uh oh. You know, right. Unless something went terribly wrong. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I that's think, true. And men, when men come, when men start having erections, when boys start having erections, it's like you don't go to your dad and go, all right, dad, I knocked one out. Like you don't like when a woman has her period, she comes to her mother or father or her guardian and says it and you have to get pads or tampons. And it's this like a little, like, right. you know, we all get our little keens and ear. Like we all get like our coming of age kind of moment of being recognized in a way, whether it's com- good or bad, it, you know, mine was not good, but men just buy, they don't, they just kind of lay low there's and aren't no norm- talked there's to. There's no and- normalization of, um, interacting interactions with the healthcare community right mm. until a much later that. age and with women it starts much earlier because even mm-hmm. everything that we've talked about today so far i mean like like as i'm entering the my mid-30s some of this stuff sexually is like starting to slow down for me physically you know and I, i'm noticing it but doc if you hadn't been here today i wouldn't have asked anybody these questions he said doc I, <laughs> well i'm trying to you know, love, you know, the man ha- the man went to medical school that's, yeah, that's what happens with <laughs> any slow insidious processes you know it's not a light switch it's a dimmer right, right? and so Ugh. there's no sentinel event until there is one right where one says oh i have a problem right or 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 a sentinel event is forced upon them or you you need a colonoscopy because right. you know you've turned a certain age and i have I, like what you guys were just saying about getting your first period and everything you have this moment with your mother who is yeah. kind of sort of like all right here's a pad here's how, how you do i would have never i have no idea if my dad's had a colonoscopy i have no i assume wow. i guess we've never talked about those types of things and maybe it's because i'm not of age yet but i'm not far from it right you know so I do think it's interesting that there is sort of this culture around sort of like women taking care of those parts of their bodies and men are just sort of like, I, I don't know, sometimes me and my friends will be like, yeah, we're not getting as hard as we used to when we were 25. And that's about and it. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. There's well, like no conversation outside of that. Also, I think societally so much of our value uh, lies in whether or not we can uh, procreate because right. that's, yeah. you know, obviously our only purpose here on the planet. So people right. need to take care of it because outside of that, I mean, women's health care is often ignored so it's just they like they're like let's concentrate on this OBGYN part though because right. that helps men we gotta make sure they can be those baby factories we want them to be yeah exactly which is fascinating right because uh, we mentioned earlier when it comes to fertility right the infertile couple yes um a third of the time that's the woman a third of the time that's the man and a third of the time it's both parties jesus christ saying no <laughs> don't reproduce please yeah, so. I, I, I do actually have though like <laughs> 
I, like an F, like ethical, I think like ethical questions about IVF, not, it's more like, I guess a little bit woo woo though, but I mean like at mm. what, sometimes I see people put years and hundreds of thousands of dollars into it. Is there ever a point when you as a doctor, you're like, maybe it's just not meant to be, or is that just not in totally. what, what you're supposed to be thinking? That's, and that's not your role. That's a really good question. So, <clears throat> um, I, I deal a lot in the world of infertility and, and right. you know, to tell somebody, you know, your, your prime biological directive is just not for you is a really tough conversation. Of course. Uh, yeah. But I think uh, because you alluded to it in the pursuit of that prime directive, people spend enormous amounts of money, enormous amounts of resources, emotional, mm. financial, uh, oh, et cetera. Can, can we just pause for one second just till that stops? That was like fate. That the, the, a drill started while I, while I asked that question. That was God being like, bitch, do not have a baby. Well, <laughs> we, we'll just pick up again as soon the as answer it stops. Is I'm sorry. Okay. That All was right. crazy. Let's hope that that stops. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that, doctor. Go ahead. So, so I, I sort of lost my train of thought. Give me a second. Yeah. So, so if you, um, if you're gonna, in the pursuit of this prime biological directive, which is to procreate. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, if we hear it, we hear it. Okay. You I know? don't really know what we're going to do about this. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, usually you don't hear this stuff on the board. Right. Preamps, but it's, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, let, let, audience, we're, we're experiencing. Should we look out the window? Should we site? look out I the window? I can't we, really see downstairs. The broker lied to us. Yeah, he did. He said that there wasn't going to be construction on this side of the building. Oh my God. All right. Well, we have a window. Go. So if the prime biological directive is to procreate uh, and people spend enormous amounts of their um, resources, whether financial, emotional, in the pursuit of that, um, if there is a reason why you can't procreate, that should be identified Mm. uh, so that you can utilize your resources in a way that actually gets you to accomplish the objective that you're setting out to to, to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, when I hear stories about uh, an infertile couple that goes to an IVF clinic and goes through six or seven rounds of IVF Oof, yeah. to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and you know, countless uh, emotional heartbreak, right? That's, right. that's really immeasurable. Uh, when in reality, they have an underlying medical condition that just needs to be explored Mm. Uh, and maybe you're oh not God, the person. Oh my God, that's so much wasted money. Maybe you're not the person to have IVF. Maybe you're the person to go through surrogacy. Mm. Maybe right. use your resources for that. Maybe you're the or type adoption. of couple who has to go through adoption. Right. Right. So, so I just feel like um, that black box of of not having an answer is is a problem. It permeates a lot of medicine. Yeah. yeah. I I I often get so angry. Like when Roe v. Wade got overturned and it, it, I mean, it's so obvious that that getting overturned is just, it's like the, the government wanting power over women's bodies. It's like something you'll hear an activist yell, but then you're like, well, what else is it? Because you they want us to have babies so badly, but then when couples who so desperately want a baby and they have a loving relationship and they have income and they have, and they have to pay for it out of pocket, right? Like IVF is not. It depends on the state. In New York state, uh, I believe if you have more than 50 employees, uh, your employer has to actually give you benefits that include uh, IVF. That include oh, that's IVF. amazing. But New York is a standout. That's not, yeah. that's not across the nation. Damn. Um, 
you've had, I've asked you if you had any surprising stories, like people coming in, you know, I was, I think I mentioned this. Uh, okay. In the email of like, I, whenever I meet an ER doctor, I always ask like how many dudes have come in with stuff up their butt and they all say, Oh God, so many, like not even, they don't even take a beat. Um, have you had any interesting stories with, with patients either, they wouldn't be up the butt. That would be a proctologist, I guess, but like something, or they got something wrong or just things that have surprised you along the way. So a couple of stories. One is, um, I did two years of general surgery before I became a urologist, uh, in my sort of, uh, education to become a urologist. And, uh, in your first two years of general surgery, you really do the unpleasant things on the surgical ward. Like what? Like removing foreign objects from people's butts. No that's, shit. That's a common oh. thing. So, you know, and I have huge paws for Yeah, hands. you got big they're, hands. They're yeah. big hands. I have to special order my surgical gloves. So wow. Ladies. Bragging. <laughs> Can you palm a basketball? <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Wow. Absolutely. The, 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 the point is, you don't want me fishing inside of your butt. <laughs> Correct. To, yes, I right. mean, in so, a surgery room, no. But in a dungeon, maybe. That's yeah. a job for me. My hands are low. I can't even hold the so iPro. Karina, come in and get that out of your butt. Pro Max phone. We had, I had my co-intern, Sunda Kwan. Mm-hmm. Lovely little Korean girl. Mm-hmm. Barely spoke a word of English. Yeah, right. she's had low hands. Tiny. Perfect. <laughs> tiny hands. We had to special order her gloves, but on the other end. of the Wow. Spell, wow. Gloves, they would page her. Oh, oh no. this, this poor girl. girl's like, I did not want this power. <laughs> they would say Sunda Kwan, Code Brown, fifth floor. Sunda Kwan, Code Brown, fifth or floor. Oh, my God. Oh, no. So many that we, we were going to make a uh, coffee table book called Where the Sun Don't Shine. That's oh, hilarious. That's hilarious. Genius. On one side, it would be the x-ray. And then... You'd flip the page. You'd have to That's guess what brilliant. is the object. And you'd that's flip the page awesome. And Wait, you should there. absolutely do it's that. A million dollar and this idea. is your copyrighted proof that that's your idea. No yeah. one can take it. Can you give us a rundown of some objects? So the best one was. Um, uh, I'm going to ruin some people's childhoods here. Uh, do you remember uh, Buzz Lightyear? Of course. From- oh course. no! So the- there was an action figure with the wings. The that wings deployed. Yes. You are the third person to tell me a guy yeah. stuck a Buzz Lightyear yeah, Buzz in, up Lightyear, his butt and then deployed the wings. Buzz Lightyear was a big one. Men, uh, what's going on? Buzz Lightyear keys, was a big one. Set of keys. Keys are so um, dirty. Ew. Uh, vases. Somebody, and these are mostly vases. men. Have you had women's butts? So here's the woman's story. So mm-hmm. we had a lady show up uh, who was having a, uh, she was married, but she was having a uh, office affair with her boss. Scandalous. And, uh, they had used a, a hothouse cucumber, which is one of those yeah. long uh, English cucumbers. Oh, uh, yeah. Up the butt. And oh, the butt. Up the butt. And up her butt. Up her butt. Jesus. And that cucumber disappeared. The, the whole thing. cucumber? <laughs> so they showed up in the emergency room and we paid Sunda Kwan. Sun, you Brown. poor thing. Sun, come down. Oh, Jesus, and Sun tried girl. her best. She was elbow deep, could not get it out. So we had to take her to the operating room. How so, much yeah. room? This is like Mary Poppins' bag, this lady's <laughs> anus. A cucumber and half an arm? Oh, well, she had small hands. <laughs> oh, my God. So so uh, we tried to fish it out. It didn't work. We had to take her to the operating room. We get the cucumber out. And she's in the recovery room with her bosses, shaken by the oh, whole thing. Oh, Jesus. Holding her hand. And then her phone rings Stop. and it's her husband oh. saying, I'm coming up. I heard you had a problem coming up. So the boss takes off. The husband shows up and he says, you know, doc, what happened, doctor? And, you know, you can't violate. Yeah, it was like, there's some confidentiality oh, here. Yeah. He's baby. not the patient, right? Yeah. So we said, you know, she had a reaction to a cucumber. 
That was basically our great save. You said, oh my God, she's allergic. I said, a reaction. (laughs) Great save. Because that wasn't inaccurate. (laughs) That's one. Um, Wow. Did he ever find out? Or is he going to find out from this podcast? No, I don't. I don't think he's going to find out. This is 20 years ago. (laughs) Oh, 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 thank God. I don't want to out people. Uh, What else did we have? We had a guy. Real quick. Can I just ask, where did it disappear to? Oh, it's in the colon. I mean, the colon is long. Wow. The colon's, colon's like miles long, long really. Long. But like that cucumber is doesn't twist and yeah. it break. Yeah, those cucumbers have a little bit of They have a little, little bit give, of bend, but like not give. once they get in the colon. Not it's the all a colon's like off. a snake. Like but a maybe cause, maybe because it got wet, it had oh. like, the moisture helped a little bit. Was it fully helped intact? Or hurt? I don't know. I don't it's know. Was it was fully intact, yeah. Oh, that's so long. Yeah. Holy moly. What else? Uh, what else did we have? We had a guy show up. This is on the penile uh, side of things. He had nice. a uh, congenital curvature of the penis. So when he, he had a totally normal erection, but it was curved. Yeah. And uh, his girlfriend made fun of him. Oh. Uh, and so he decided in the shower to straighten himself out. Oh, God. And he, you achieved an erection and then forcibly bent the penis. Oh, to oh no. And essentially caused a penile fracture. You can break uh, your dick. And that's what he did. That's what he did. Ouch. Are you happy now? Wait, when you break your penis, how do you recover? Do you need a little cast? No. So it's. <laughs> That'd be so cute. You want there's no dick actual cast? bone. There's no actual bone. Right, right. It's just the heart, the blood making it hard. And the- you have to think of the penis anatomy as having two water balloons that fill with blood. Okay. And if you fracture a penis, basically what you've done is you've popped one, if not both of those water balloons. Uh, and so the only way to fix that without having a long-term effects of erectile dysfunction permanently is to surgically repair that water mm. balloon. Okay. So you have to open up the penis and stitch that back together. And put wow. It together. So for this gentleman, had we just done that, he would have been repaired, but he would have been back to having his curved penis. Right. So what we did was we took something called a bovine pericardial patch, which is a something that the cardiothoracic surgeons use. It's made out of cow heart. Yeah, I was like, if there's and some. we basically put a little patch, so we sort of stitched it in and, and repaired the hole. So now he was. Guess he's not a hole. vegan. Yeah. No, he's not a vegan. <sighs> oh, God. So it was straight then. It was straight. Oh, so I guess you know. All else well that ends. Yeah, right. I yeah. was like, all right. Not suggested. Right, right, right. It's not right, the way right. to do it. Why do so many guys put things up their butt that they have to go to the ER to get them out? That's so common. And I'm like, where's the, what, what type of conversation and when could prevent that one? Because the thing is with the prostate, the prostate stimulation is something that I personally discovered with my, my ex-boyfriend, my partner at the time, uh, about maybe 10 years ago or something. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? So I imagine it's from, an inkling or maybe like they got a little taste oh, of whole microns. They're <laughs> nice. Their prostate being stimulated and they're trying to like uh, replicate it. I'm not it. sure that that's what it is. I think oh, okay. it's uh curiosity. Just curiosity. curiosity. That's just because you can, you have a hole, put something in All there. All holes uh, must be explored. Not women. Don't do that. Uh, doctor. What do you think? Do, do they? <laughs> Yeah, I think they do. Really? <laughs> to me, it's more like, you know, when you have like a zit and you're like, I think I'm going to make things worse, but you, know, you keep yeah. popping it. That's yep. what I feel like is a, yeah. is a woman's version Picking of that. A and then you just yeah. come in with a full, like flesh eating wound on your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's me. And you go, go, what? <laughs> um, the effects of porn. Yeah. On the libido, on the erection, on the semen, 
What do we, what do we, what do you know? So how, effects, how serious is this? The effects of porn are really nothing to do physiologically, right? This is all psychological of course. in that it changes, um, it changes expectations, which is a problem. Yes. Uh, it changes the uh, accessibility, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take away part of, you know, expectation and chase, those are two great sort of uh, uh, motivators for men, right? right? And if you take the both hunt. of those things away, the, the hunt and, and then, you know, the hunt ends with some disproportionate, you know, uh, uh, view of what sex is supposed to look mm. like, yeah. that's going to be a problem. And then, you know, right now on the internet, you could have an unlimited, essentially an unlimited uh, scroll through of as many women as one could possibly, men or women, yeah. uh, as one could want. And you know, I'm, I'm not sure that that's healthy for the right. For the Our expectations are different th- too, though, because I mean, like, we're not watching porn, but we're we're raised on ro- romantic comedies, and to yes. me, that's really the same thing. No one's treating us that way. When you say we're not watching porn, you're talking about the two that are here, or I am. I am. Women are not porn. watching porn in the same way. Yeah, I will say. Well, yes, I we might. Yes, I we, might. Well, I, I think you're not the norm. Yeah, uh, it's like, true. We 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 watch porn, but then we don't. We don't go into sexual situations expecting, expecting to have sex like that. I think the the expectation is the out of bedroom expectation more for for straight women or even bisexual sure, women. But remember that if the majority of sexual encounters and we'll we'll include watching pornography and masturbation as a sexual encounter, right? With yourself, that is the great preponderance of how people are having sex, right? Right. Yeah. It far outweighs how much sex they're having with a partner. So their sexual energy is going towards it's, that becomes this the norm thing that the, the expectations from porn become the norm. And then everything else sort of becomes bland. Relative well, to how, how, right. how much porn do you, in your assessment, are women watching? Cause I mean, I honestly, I haven't watched porn in quite some time. I mean, I was into it a lot in college and then I kind of just stopped. I mean, just cause I was like, I, I can't, I don't think women are being really treated very nicely. I, I think, I think that the demographics are yeah. very much age dependent. Okay. Uh. And I think that attitudes towards sex and pornography are very different between people who are in their twenties and thirties yeah. and forties and beyond. So I, I don't have the statistics. Yeah. Well, I think the younger you go, cause like every guy that I know that has TikTok, they're just like all TikTok shows me on my algorithm is girls jumping up and down with their boobs shaking. Miraculous. I don't know how that shows it's up on the only algorithm. men. It's so weird. It's, yeah. <laughs> but, but some of them like, I like my one friend was TikTok like, won't stop showing. I this. just want to see puppies like the out, like I wish the algorithm thought I was gay so that they would stop. Sh- like, I feel like that gets, it, it's easy to yeah, dangle a carrot of tits in front of a man and just totally distract him. But mine does Women just are not like puppies that. and ASMR. So there's well, something, that, but there's something that person yeah. is doing. I, I think, think. You're, you're, you're getting, getting, getting a line, Christina. Yeah. Oh, how, how did these tits get here? Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Obviously you look at them because they wouldn't keep feeding you something you're not looking at, but uh, yeah. Yeah. We have uh, we have a friend who, uh, a fellow surgeon of mine who has a phobia of uh, clowns. Okay. And so we constantly send him little TikToks and Instagram posts about clowns. So his entire feed is clowns. <laughs> That's so rude. That's hilarious. Well, you know, I mean, the only way to get through well, clowns are terrifying. Clowns. But the point is, I think it depends on what you're watching. Yeah, That's what's totally, totally. Do you t- when is the right age to see a urologist? I think anybody who has a question about their sexuality, about uh, how their body works, if if men are not getting that until age 40, that's a travesty. So mm. I, I think the second a question arises, uh, that's the time. So, but is 40 the bare minimum though? 
Uh, I, I'm not sure that there is a minimum. Okay. Because it's yeah. like women are told they should get a, uh, a breast, um, uh, what is it when they grab your mammogram? Bone? Mammogram at thir- 40? It's 35 now. Oh, it's Because breast now. cancer's on the rise. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Have so, a great day. <laughs> but uh, with men and their prostate, a prostate exam, they, that age is 40? Well, yeah, 40 is usually when that starts and, and prostate cancer screening starts even later at age 52. Mm. Okay. Uh, but, you know, that's... Those are oncological sort of cancer concerns, but they're, you know, life is more than about detecting a cancer, right? It's, right. It's well, a lot of put that things. on a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and then is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think is important to know, um, for men to know, to think about, or to debunk? I think for the next time I'm here. Yeah. We'll talk about a little bit of women's health. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to go into sort of all the things that we talked about earlier. But I, oh, yeah, I think. The, yeah. Vaginismus. And we were talking about endometriosis. And, yeah. and UTIs because he works with the UTIs, urethra. So. I did. I watched your video about how a lot of times people think it's uh, chronic UTIs and it's, it's actually endo. It's a UTI. What? It's never a UTI? No, it is. Sometimes. Oh. I was like, sometimes, sometimes I feel like it's a yeah, UTI. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Thank you so much for, you for being on the show. I have oh, one did question you have, yeah. for the doctor. <laughs> Absolutely. Doc, right. what you got? I'd like to bring it back to our conversation about. <laughs> He's got his uh, notes on his <laughs> I do. I took a lot of notes. About, Mike, uh, oh, also, I just wanted to let you we're know. We're just getting free healthcare for Mikey. Mike is also we a hypochondriac. Him, one of the first things I got him as a gift was what I got you a medical, was a like a dictionary, a medical dictionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, every, because he always thinks he has something and it's always very serious. But this is just something I need your professional opinion on. <laughs> Um, because, you know, we were talking about, uh, testosterone supplements before, uh, and sort of how they affect the body and, and whether or not, you know, you go to the gym, you take the testosterone and I don't know if you're pumping more iron or whatever. So given that you're a medical professional here and you would know what test, like what artificial testosterone does to people's bodies, uh, in your professional medical opinion, should Barry Bonds be in the hall of fame? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? He's a very famous baseball player. He's the player. greatest baseball player of all time. Oh. Statistically. From, from one ball player to another. Um, what I would say is, yeah, I, I don't I don't see what the what the issue is. Thank I mean, you. All right. Hit that ball. <laughs> That's all I wanted to I know. I literally can't believe you wasted his time with that. No, no, no. I, it's a he professional went to medical opinion. school, Michael. I'll tell you a funny story. So, so I went to uh, I went to a basketball game with my wife, and we were treated. And, and is your hand we, too big for a ring? What's what's up? No, I, I, have, to, I have to take it off. I have to take it off to go. She's the no nonsense one. Every time I go into the opera, it's funny. We had a, a discussion about it uh, this weekend. Every time I go into the operating room, I have to take the ring off. Mm. And the last time I took it off, it ended up in the hospital scrub pile and it was almost gone so oh. it's now attached to my id okay. <laughs> my sure. so um we went to a basketball game mm-hmm. and uh we were guests of somebody who was selling you know one of these uh, corporate things and mm. and they brought us down they sat us in the first row on the parquet oh watching cool it. with it all the amazing. celebs with all the celebs so we sit down. We're sitting in Jay Z and Beyonce's seats no shit right? holy shit there, like, my, the only person I care the about most is amazing Seats one could ever sit in yeah. for a professional basketball game. Oh, oh, wow. Sitting next to me is David Cohn, the, uh, the famed yes. Mets and Yankees like, pitcher. Mm. And I text a buddy of mine. I go, holy shit, I'm sitting next to David Cohn. This is incredible. And my wife sees out of the corner of her eye that I'm, she goes, who the fuck is David Cohn? And he leans over and goes, that'd be me. <laughs> 
And I said, honey, let's, let's, let's change seats. Let's switch seats. So I sit next to him and uh, we start chatting and he goes, so, you know, what do you do for a living? And I say, I'm much like you. I'm a ball player. And I handed him my card. Hey, it's a good one, Doc. Yeah, it, it was good. It's a good one. Someone, <laughs> someone was born and raised in Manhattan. the highlight of my career. Wow. Did he laugh? Oh yeah, that's yeah, cool. that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike loves that. He's like, man, I can't use that Great line. Great story. <laughs> you can. It's just you know, so people don't listen to the show. That's amazing. That's incredible, um, Mikey. Do you have any more questions no, I, about? No, I, I, I just I, you know, for me, I just wanted to know. I'm a big Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, but they're not going to want to hear any. We'll talk off. I mean, Mike. that's, we'll that's talk, an interesting we'll thing. I was just saying, like having like testosterone. Um, it, it's, it's like taking the like a performance drug. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, that's the conversation around sports in general is just like like. Does taking testosterone sort of put you in another realm as an athlete? So here's and, the thing. You know, if you're playing football or lifting weights or wrestling, yeah, I, I think that's a problem. Right. Baseball is is weird. I, I'm, I'm just not you're sure. A lot of that standing. Taking, a lot of standing. Well, hand-eye coordination. Yeah, I think right. that's much more important. And I'm not sure that steroids do you much good, actually. That's right. always been my so. thought as well. I always yeah. I so you like could run from first to second. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's just like you Barry Bonds and at the beginning of his career was this kind of like in shape athletic guy he was fast and then as he started allegedly taking allegedly allegedly right <laughs> taking these steroids he became humongous and then he broke oh. the home run record so that's why <laughs> oh, he's not he hit the, oh, yeah, he's the most home runs wow. ever and, and like turns out you don't have to run fast between first and second base if you hit a home run at all you're at the plate. right right <laughs> so he wasn't doing a lot of running at all he's trotting around the bases so i think that was like again okay more of a, of, a, of a joke question because we're it was so off topic but, yeah you know. testosterone affects a lot of stuff yeah I don't know. It's also like then if you like have a nose job, can you not win America's Next Top Model kind that's of thing? That's a great that's point. Hilarious. You know, that's such a good point. That's I, hilarious. I feel that way too. It's like if we're just, I mean, technology is just going to advance and I think it's like you can, as a celebrity or, you know, a professional athlete, professional, you have access to all these things. So if you're not, you're not, if you're, you're not, not doing that advantage, that's right. your own, you know, if you want to live in a world of ethics, that's your own choice, but you're going to probably fail. Be lost. That's right. And that's um, why we're here on this couch. <laughs> yay. Um, I do have one last question um, and this is more personal for me i i want to get my hormone levels checked <laughs> where would i i googled that and it i i was so frustrated OBGYN. Uh, OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said go to Joanne, and I go, I don't like that. Talk to Joanne. <laughs> Speak to Joanne. She, she, has knows, a, she knows a lady. And some hormone tests. <laughs> no, I think she's like, uh, uh, is, is for your uh, reproductive hormones. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know hormones in general, then an endocrinologist would be the place to go. Endocrinologist. Okay, but OBGYN could take your blood levels to check to see sure. what your hormone levels are. Okay, sure. I got to get an OBGYN. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. This Thanks, has been guys. so Thank informative. You. Um, and you know so much about women's reproductive health too. So maybe we have, maybe we'd love to talk to you later down the line about that. Um, <laughs> when it's really not men, a celebration. Yeah, yeah. Right now it's only men. Celebrating the boys. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This has been guys. We fucked the anti-slot shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Bye. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Kozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. (laughs) Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? Spend too much time wasting away Like Phoenix wings spread them wide the bone skin knees and stones
Episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.